Welcome to season three of Her Money Club Stories. I'm your host, Rachel Minnie, and I'm excited to share with you that Her Money Club has grown to over 600 women learning together about monetizing their skills, money management, and building wealth. After 17 years of being in the financial services industry, I'm really over the industry selling you products you don't need and not focusing on how they can best support you with your mindset and habits. So I want millennial women to be less stressed about money and I have a surprise for you. I've revamped our money library membership and we'll be giving it to you for a limited time at half the price. The money library gives you access to over 146 bite-sized lessons like organizing and automating your money, establishing clear goals, specifically based on your values, eliminating stress by improving your money mindset, discussing with community members just like you who are taking action to get 1% better every day with their money journey. If you want access to the money library and all of the basics that you need to be successful with your habits and money mindset, you can check it out at financialfitnessunleashed.com slash membership. The next 100 members will receive the half off price. Again, that's financialfitnessunleashed.com slash membership. I'm excited to share more with you this season and hear about your aha moments from this episode. Don't forget to share a screenshot of the episode and tag me at Her Money Club Community on Instagram. With that, let's dive into our juicy conversation today. Hello and welcome everyone to Her Money Club Stories. We are in season three and I am super excited for this season because we are going to focus on the truth behind working a corporate job and trying to monetize your skills and leaning into what is it going to take to get into a corporate or excuse me, get into a coaching job, getting into the roles that you actually enjoy. And I want you to follow along on these journeys as we discover what are the mindset tools, what are the building blocks and the challenges that we all face when we are leaning into doing what we love and making money doing what we love. Today, we have Debbie joining us. Welcome, Debbie. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to start with both ends and we'll talk about the journey as it unfolds. If you want to share just a little bit about the beginning where maybe you had a corporate job and then currently where you're at and we'll pull out some of the pieces of where we can discuss how that journey has unfolded. Yeah, sure. So I am actually still a physician assistant. Um, I've been working in the medical world for over 20 years And I, um, about five years back, I just hit this rut. Um, I was just not very happy. I had what you would consider the perfect job. I kind of had worked my way up to it. Um, when I wasn't happy with something, I'm the kind of person where I'm like, what else can I do? Like, I got to find something better, you know, something that fits me better. And I did that. And I was in a job that was really, really good on paper. It literally was like the perfect PA job. Um, but there was something missing and it started to really affect me, um, my whole life really. Um, because of course, you know, if you're not really, truly happy, it's going to seep into every other part of your life. And so, um, eventually I, it started affecting the way that I was like acting and my personality. And so the doctor that I worked with, he's a really good friend, actually, he sat me down and he's like, Debbie, I know you, like, this isn't you, what, what's going on here? And I really didn't know. I'd kind of been struggling a little bit to like figure out like, 
I have everything that I could ever ask for personally and professionally. Like what, why am I not jumping for joy? Um, and when he asked me that, I was like, I just, I feel like I'm not making the impact that I want to make on my patients. And it's like, it literally just, I just blurted it out. I hadn't even really thought through it, but when he asked me, that's what came out. And I really like in that moment, all these things were flashing of like all these patients I was seeing and I was constantly giving them prescriptions and setting them up for procedures. I work in cardiology. So it was like a lot of medications and procedures and like band-aid approaches. And I just realized that like, this is not what I want to spend the rest of my life doing. So um, then I started kind of thinking like, well, what else could I possibly do? I've been a PA forever. Like this is what I trained for. I didn't think there was anything else out there. Um, and the very first thing I found was um, that started to open my eyes a little bit was um, an MLM and it was Beachbody. And it was like, well, yeah, you know, it's like health related and I'm in the medical field. And so it was like this like kind of natural transition. And really that was like the thing that opened my door to like everything that happened after that. Wow. I love MLMs for, I know a lot of people don't like them, but here's why I do love them. (laughs) It's introducing you to like a new way and giving you this hope that, okay, there is another way I could go this other route. These are kind of my people, right? Like everyone is in that same mindset of like, what else is out there? And I'm not happy, but I do want to solve this problem. So for that reason, I do love all MLMs. Um, and I've been through a number of them myself. So I love that you brought that up. Um, okay. So tell us where you're at now, because I know you mentioned like you've had a few different niches along the way. So I actually want to talk about that, but where are you at now as far as niche and coaching? Yeah. So right now I'm actually, um, a success coach. I help other entrepreneurs and women who are in this, you know, transition period of like knowing something's missing. They're just not loving their life. Um, whether it's professionally or as an entrepreneur. Um, and I help them really get to the root cause of why. Um, and that was a big part of my journey. Um, it was really getting to the root cause of why I wasn't happy and what, you know, what, like one step led to another. Um, And I got myself in all kinds of other challenges. And then when I really took a look inside within myself to figure out what was actually going on, why, what was missing in my life, um, then it was really about getting, you know, going pretty deep. And so I, that's what I do with my clients now is I help them get to the root cause of why they do things like overwork or people please, or are always stuck in their head. and just, you know, lack the confidence to really get out there and do what they want. Ultimately. Mm. This is great because uh, there's a lot of, I think, overworking and people pleasing the two you brought up. Have you noticed that there's like one thing that's pretty consistent amongst your clients? Yeah, it, well, it's kind of like almost like a snowball effect. I, what I see happen is that like the one, the people I tend to attract and that I am attracted to are like those go-getter high achiever, like really like, like high achievers. Um, and they tend to overwork and they're always trying to prove themselves. They're always trying to like get to the next level. They're trying to push through. They're just, they're worker bees, you know, they're working, working, working. And then they decide, okay, well, I'm not getting what I want. So like, what else should I be doing? What else, what other strategies should I try? And then they're like looking at all these different options and then they kind of get stuck in their head overthinking. And then because they're stuck in their head overthinking, they're like, well, 
the self-critic comes in and is like, you should be way further ahead by now. What's wrong with you? Why can't you figure this out? And then because of all of this, like, you know, snowball effect, we get to the point where we're like, we're so busy. We still feel like we're busy, but we're not really doing anything. So we're kind of avoiding doing the big moves. We're avoiding putting ourselves out there. We're avoiding networking and talking about our passions and what we want to do. Um, and so a lot of, some people will describe it as procrastination, but, um, but the people that I work with, aren't, they're not like lazy. They're not, not doing things. They're just not doing the right things that are going to really move them forward. So. Ah, I've experienced this and you're absolutely right. Like it's the people probably like both of us who like to work, who enjoy showing up to something, but if we're not, then we're not lit up about it. And then we just feel completely, I don't want to say dead inside because that's aggressive, but it just, there isn't that like light that's like constantly yeah. coming to, to feed us. So I love that you are helping women in that space because it's, it's, there's a lot of women and I don't, do you follow human design at all? Uh, actually, I've just not, been um, introduced to it recently. So I know it on a very, very superficial level. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's totally fine. Um, from a human design perspective, there's manifesting generators and generators, and about 70% of people are fit in these two, you know, categories, if mm -hmm. you will, and are the worker bees, right? And and granted, that's how our society runs, but that's what's creating, you know, if there's a bunch of worker bees that are unhappy, <laughs> it creates yeah. bigger problems in other areas of our lives. So it's, you know. If you're a generator or a manifesting generator, Debbie can talk about this and can help you through the overwhelm, can help you navigate this. I love this. Um, okay, I want to go back to your story and where in your journey you decided, so you decided at the MLM point, right, to kind of take the leap with Beachbody. Where do you think was the biggest decision point in really going after what you wanted? Oh, wow. That's a good question. So like I was saying earlier, like one thing kind of led to another and like what the beach body thing did is, and what, like I agreed, like MLMs have a special place. I feel like in a lot of people's hearts, because they were like the, the first step of like this massive door opening up because they really um, promote personal development. And I really hadn't done any of that kind of stuff before. So so really, you know, I went through quite a bit of personal development and like leadership and all of that. But what I, the biggest like breakthrough, I guess you could say was when I, I actually started, be, I wanted to go off on my own. I didn't want to like be selling someone else's thing. So I started to become a health coach. And as I was becoming a health coach, I was running into all kinds of obstacles kind of what I just described that overworking, not getting anywhere, not understanding why, like overthinking, you know, all of that. And I was really frustrated and like disappointed. Um, and it, and it wasn't until I really went like much further with my personal development to, to get to like this level of realization that I, my, I spent my whole life basically doing things I thought I should be doing. Yeah. And in this most recent, um, you know, transformation, if you want to call it that, that's when I realized that like, and it was like, okay, I'm doing all of these things because I should do it, but what do I actually want to do? And, and it took a while to figure it out. And I was, 
And that's one of the questions I ask people now, like, is it easier for you to decide or I'm sorry, to focus on and talk about what you don't want or what you do want? And with me, it was way easier to talk about what I don't want because I never truly allowed myself to like ask that question. What is it that I really, really want? And when I did, that's when I realized like, I'm not sure I want to help people reverse diabetes anymore. That's what I was doing as a health coach. And Mm -hmm. I just like, I really had fallen in love with this, this deep inner work. Um, and, and really just, I, I, I feel like I can resonate so much more with my audience because I, I feel their pain, right. Of living this life of like, I should do this. I should do this. I should be there. I should have done that, you know? Um, and I'm not even sure if I've answered your question, but <laughs> you have, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it brings another question. So we'll move on. <laughs> um, so, and I felt this way too. And I, I like that you've had transition points, even in business, because I think sometimes, and at least I felt this way, I was a financial advisor. And so the easiest way to jump into coaching was like, okay, let go of the licenses because I wanted to help more people in different ways that I wasn't regulated and allowed to. So I went directly into like the budgeting and like the retirement planning and like stuff that I could touch that wasn't regulated, but it still didn't fulfill me because like, uh, I've done this before. Right. So it's Mm -hmm. like, what is that next layer? And for me, it was, I want to help women massively increase their income, like in so many different ways. And that was, you know, an obstacle for myself. It was something I've experienced and really trying to create and establish that safety with money. So for you, as you went through this journey and the reckon, so I have two questions. The first question is when you realize like, I don't want to help people reverse diabetes anymore. What did you maybe make it mean about yourself if you didn't continue going down that path? Oh, for sure. I thought like, oh, did I waste all this time? you know, uh, is that what you're asking? Like if I would have yeah, going, yeah, like, well, with going yeah. with that. Yeah. So I was like, I worked all of this. I built all this up. Am I just, am I just like giving up on myself or, you know, is this just another, um, you know, rabbit hole or whatever? Because I, you know, cause as I was describing at the beginning, like when I realize something's not working, I'm fairly quick to like, want to move on and try something else. And so I was like, am I doing this out of fear or, you know, am I just not sticking to it? You know, so there were a lot of questions that, that came up at that pivot, pivot time. Yeah. I think I resonate most with like, am I not sticking to it? Even though people like people's perspective of me is like, you do things way longer than I would have stuck with it. Right. But I, yeah. I have that question within myself. Right. And so all this self-talk is what keeps us and in that stuck place and the obstacle that we are just making bigger and bigger, bigger each day, we don't make decisions. So that's why I wanted to pinpoint is like the decision point. It's like, what was happening when you made that decision? So thank you for that. That's super helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So when you transitioned from the niche of like reversing diabetes, what did you transition into? So that's when I transitioned to what I'm doing now. So. I started what, so what I did was I was going through my own experience and falling in love with the process. I was like, I can't believe I'm, I'm learning skills that are totally transforming myself. And I didn't even see it coming, you know? Um, and so I saw the power in it, in the work. And so it's really, um, so then actually, so then what I did is I started to interview people that were in some of the programs I was in that were 
health coaches, you know, stuff like that um, in the health arena. And when I started to interview them and they told me the same exact things that I had been feeling, you know, it was just incredible. Like I knew that like this was the right direction. Um, and so, um, so yeah, so I have mainly so far worked with entrepreneurs, but I certainly have a special place in my heart for the person who feels like they need to stay at their nine to five, especially because, um, that's how it has been for my household. I was the, like the main breadwinner for many years. And so that was like, that's been scary to imagine like completely walking away from it. So, so what I do right now is I, um, I'm still doing both actually. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important to actually, um, acknowledge like doing both because there's a lot of people that will either try to hide it or they won't fully step into, um, you know, coaching or consulting or freelancing because of a lot of fears that come up. Um, can you describe for yourself, like, maybe some decision points around like overcoming the fear of like, okay, I'm going to do this other thing on the side. Like, how did you overcome any fears that might've been coming up around that? Um, I don't, I would say the biggest fear was that, um, I don't even know if it was a fear, but there's still a little story of like, well, the people that I work with wouldn't quite understand because they're just kind of, still in the midst of their, I mean, I don't know, maybe a lot of them are doing the same thing and I don't know about it, but you know, it just feels like they would think, well, how could you just walk away from this career you've built for 20 years? You know? So maybe that's a little bit of a fear is being judged by my colleagues, you know, that are still doing it and love it, which is great for them. (laughs) And it's almost a little bit of like, a loyalty factor, right? Like them questioning your loyalty to something that for yourself, but like to also them and, you know, questioning, I know for me, I I felt like, oh, what if they question my, you know, integrity of, of doing one thing on one side and one thing on another side before transitioning. And um, so for me, I kept it a secret because it was just easier to not tell me when I worked with. And I think it's also important to know because there's a lot of entrepreneurs and business coaches that will tell you to like go all in and like cut the ties, Mm -hmm. but that also doesn't serve the, the, what you talked about as well, which was, you know, you're the breadwinner, like money needs to be made. Money needs to come in. Like this is a, a core need and Mm -hmm. uh, value that is required to live the life that you want. So it's okay to have both. But I think the other big part that I'm realizing and the more women I coach around this transitioning point is you also need kind of some milestones and deadlines to get out if that's what you want. Mm-hmm. If, if you don't want it, great. But if you really truly want to transition out and live the lifestyle you want, then you also need to give yourself those deadlines to make sure it happens. Yeah. Um, and I actually, if, if you don't mind, I want to add on to that a little bit because um, a big thing that was happening was that I start, and this is, I know now that this was why I was struggling so much when I was trying to build my health coaching was that I put so much pressure on myself because I had worked myself into this place of, I have to get out of my job. I can't stand it. I hate it. You know? Um, and every single thing that I did, I had, I was so attached to the results that when something didn't go well, it like I was a basket case. And then I would spiral back and like, you know, I, you know, that helped me to reveal my patterns. But 
I would just like, oh my God, well, what else can I do? I got to try harder. I got to try harder. It's not working. Um, and that was one of the big things that happened in my transformation is like starting to let go of that attachment and realizing I'm never going to leave this job if I feel like my whole sense of self is dependent on whether I'm successful enough to, you know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. So I've made peace with that. And, and, and in that, of course, the job is so much more tolerable. Like I, I, I used to hate it. And now it's like, no, I'm doing this job because, and I see all the benefits of it. Whereas before all I did was focus on the reasons I wanted out. And as that has happened, I have kind of manifested this part-time opportunity that's coming my way. Um, and I know that it's just because I finally have let go of that tight hold I had on like the results and needing to kind of I don't know, prove something that I was good enough to say I was going to leave my job and actually do it, you know? Yep. And I love that you brought up the pressure element because I think as women, we do that a lot where we, we hold this pressure on ourselves to, for unrealistic expectations, basically. Yes. <laughs> and then we don't get the result that we want because they're unrealistic. We go into these spirals of frustration and, you know, some people even to the extent of depression because they didn't meet the expectations. And I think a lot of this actually is conditioning from schooling and, and our upbringings, but it's how can we neutralize it? And what you just described was that neutralization of it. How can you neutralize where you're focusing your energy and attention? Because you're not going to go from like, I hate this job to I love it. But how can you get to that set middle point of like, just neutral, like you feel pretty neutral about it. You don't have all this energy and focus and attention. Like I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. These are all the reasons why. And you're probably not going to go the other extreme of like, I love it. I love it. I love it. And here's why, right? It's just like neutral. It's like, cool. This is the thing. And and you're yeah. meeting this fulfillment need and finding that joy and what you love about something through the success coaching, which is fabulous. All right. I want to yeah. get a little bit into kind of your, your money story, your money journey. Um, I don't have a specific question, so I don't know, maybe you want to share something um, around like past obstacles you face with money or how this has kind of impacted your money journey. Yeah. So, um, my money journey has been kind of interesting. Um, and I've, I've learned quite a bit about it over this, you know, past year or so. Um, and really what, what my main money story is, is that you have to work really hard for your money and it's easy to like lose it or like have it be taken or something like along those lines. Um, and What's, what's actually really interesting is that through the process that I have gone through that has led me to where I am now, a big part of it was revealing my money story and kind of mapping out how I feel about things like savings and income and debt and all of these different things and how the, we have this paradigm of the way that we were raised and what we witnessed and what we went through and then certain events that happened. Um, as we, you know, started to grow up, um, are all affecting that. And all of that affects this whole idea of like, I, there's a, there's a part of me subconsciously that didn't believe I could go and successfully make as much money as I want on my own. I, it's like, I was raised to 
go to college, you know, first get good grades, then get into a good college, then go to college and get good grades, and then make sure you go into science or math so you can get a good job. And I did all that, you know, um, and the focus wasn't on what do you actually want, as I was saying earlier, it wasn't like, what would make you happy? Um, and so it, what I don't, I'm not really talking specifically about money, all, except that money, our, our relationship with money is a complete, total representation of our whole life and our journey and what we believe that we're worthy of and what we um, will are willing to like take chances on and all of that. And so um, it's my money story has gone from being very like holding on tight to like starting to let go and, and really believe that it is a representation of like how I feel about everything else in my life, you know? And so um we have, you know, my husband and I have gone through a lot financially and we, you know, we both had our own money stories. Um, and now we're in the best financial situation we've ever been in. And I fully believe it's because of this journey that we've gone on and learned so much about ourselves and where all this came from and letting go of the fact that, you know, that that's not, that's not what we want. That's not what we believe, but it's what was passed on to us basically. So yeah. What were some of, or maybe if you can pinpoint like one of your childhood memories that dictated your paradigm? Um, well, I'd say financially, um, one thing that comes to mind is my dad was very cheap. Like I remember being at a restaurant and him like figuring out the tip to like the penny and thinking like, oh, that's embarrassing. Like, I don't want to be like that. You know what I mean? And, and I learned that you either are just like them or you try to rebel against them, but you keep getting pulled back, you know? Yeah. So it's really hard to break away completely until you really understand all that. But, um, yeah, that was, that was one memory that stood out to me. Mm, wow. Yeah. I think we all have very distinct <laughs> memories of our parents with money in some way, shape or form. So, I think it's fabulous that you've kind of some, done some work around it. And especially with your, your husband, your partner, because there's um, so much conversation that can be had just around that one topic. And, you know, granted it's a topic that, you know, puts a lot of people through divorce. And I yeah. think as I've been a financial advisor in the past and helping women through that element of it, where there weren't those money conversations. And now we're at the divorce phase where they need a financial advisor to help pick apart all of these things that are happening. Like I so wished in that role, I could have also played psychologist, right. Or given them the personal development tools to really support, okay, how did it all, you know, where did it start? How did it get to this place? And how do you prevent that from happening again, because this is just a cycle that, you know, people see, but they don't know how to get out of. So I love that you've done some work around already and, and really started to pinpoint, okay, what's my role in this? And to your point, what do I get to let go of that just no longer serves me? Um, as you've progressed and started to define to your point, like, what do you want with, with money? Are there any key things that you realized that, you know, maybe we're old conditioning, like, oh, I thought I was supposed to do this, or I should have done this, but instead I actually want this instead. Um, well, one, one realization that I came to was that, um, I, 
I, I thought that I needed my job for that sense of security and safety, which is kind of also then, you know, like related to how much savings that we have. And so when I like learned that I, it was almost like I was like in battle with that. Like I didn't, I didn't want to have to have that security. Like I wanted to just magically feel secure and safe without that. And so all I was doing was like fighting myself with that. And then I decided, well, what if I actually just embrace it? And it's like, I want to feel safe. And the more money I have in my savings account, the safer I will feel like just across the board, whether it's I'm in this job or I'm not, you know, and, and I think that that that's been a big one for me is to, um, is to think about that, that it's actually something to, to look, uh, work towards, like it's a goal as opposed to something that's like, I'm fighting against. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. The book abundance project talks about this, where you take a belief system. He has you do this exercise where you figure out all your belief systems around money and probably not all of them, but some of them. And he has you reframe them. And he has like this framework to reframe them. And one of them is exactly what you just described, which is, okay, I'm fighting myself. And my thoughts are like, you know, around this safety mechanism and savings. So how does that get to actually serve me? And so you did the reframe, right? It's like, okay, the more money I have in my savings, the safer I feel. So let's do that. And that feels like I'm not finding myself anymore. So it's just like constantly learning and being aware that you have the capacity and are able to do that. And then once you are aware, now you have the responsibility to give that to yourself. And so I think the responsibility part is where some people also struggle because they want to deny it or mm-hmm. <laughs> go back to not being aware because that's easier. It's more comfortable, but the more responsibility yeah. you take on for your journey and really satisfying your wants and desires, like the more you get what you want. Weird. Oh <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, okay. Last question is to wrap up here. If you want to share um, one thing with every woman in the world on on something you've learned along the way that would really support a woman's journey with money, what would that be? Um, specifically with money, um, I would say, I mean, even this money or or even just where they're at in their lives is just to really spend some time being honest with how they feel. Um, our emotions about things are literally the doorway to all of the answers. And so if you get stressed about money, or if you have a hang up about money, or you are in a lot of debt, or like, if there's something about money that isn't feeling right, then really lean into what it is that, that you're feeling, and then try to get underneath it to figure out why, like, it's really all about getting to the root of why we have those feelings. And, um, I would say that, that that's that's my recommendation across the board is, is to start with the feelings you have about something and really lean into them. Yeah. And I love how you put it, like get honest with yourself because I don't think we're, and we all experience this, right? There's moments where we aren't honest with ourselves about what we want for so many reasons that, you know, we can pick apart and un- unpack, but yeah, the minute we're just honest, it's like, oh, it was right there. It was easy. <laughs> Because most of the time we're living this unconscious, like automatic life. But when we stop and actually ask ourselves, like, well, how do I feel about that? You know, and, and just give yourself the opportunity, then it's amazing what, what truth can come up. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Tell everyone in our audience how they can find you and any programs that you have coming up. 
well, so I do private one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, and so there's not any specific, um, you know, new thing coming as of right now, but, um, I do, um, a four or six month, um, pretty intense private one-on-one -on -one coaching for anyone who is ready to really, um, go past the typical mindset work and get to the root cause of what's holding them back. Um, and you can find me on Facebook. Um, it's facebook.com slash Debbie.Mosesian, M-O-V-S-E-S-I-A-N. And I have a private Facebook group called Courageous and Confident Women. Um, actually, I think the group, it's like facebook.com slash group slash Courageous and Confident. Beautiful. And we'll link it um, in the show notes along with your quiz. Tell us a little bit about the quiz. Yeah, so the quiz is, um, to, it's, it's a really quick, like two minute quiz to help you really identify where to begin your focus. Um, if you feel like, like, like something's blocking your success um, and you're not 100% sure, you know that there's something there, but you're not really quite sure what to do or what it is or what to do about it. So it's a really quick two minute quiz that just tells you like what to focus on um, to have the most impact in, in the fastest amount of time. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much, Debbie. This has been fabulous. I appreciate all of your shares, all of your celebrations along the way and the journey that you've been on. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a good reminder of all the work I've done. <laughs> yes, exactly. The accumulation of it. <laughs>